My name is Lars Schreiber and my favorite Power Query feature is the ability to create custom functions in M. Welcome to Power Query Magic. Lars, how are you? A bit nervous, honestly, but I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a, uh, a busy man. You've got young twin boys. It's uh, How have you got time to do this? I don't know. But uh... Uh, First of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, honestly, my wife was uh, kind enough to take them outside, so we don't have any noise in the background. And you live in Hamburg? Yes. Okay, so let me set a scene for you. You're in one of Hamburg's beer halls. Okay, let's say maybe uh, Brauhaus Johann Albrecht or somewhere like that. Is that a good one? <laughs> um, I think so. I'm not so You're much not into <laughs> the okay. last three years have been uh, quite isolating <laughs> due to the <laughs> twins and then the pandemic. But of yeah, course, I know yeah. some Brauhäuser here in, in Hamburg. Excellent. Okay. So let's, let's say you're, you've got the luxury of being outside with a friend somewhere. Um, you've known them for a few years and they sort of lean over to you and they say, explain to me again what it is you do for a living. What's your job? Um, what do you say to them? If I have to explain it by words, just by words, I would say I create tools or I help people create their own tools. Um, to make better decisions from the data. But because I had this discussion with my parents many, many times in the past, um, I decided to create some use cases on my website. And as you know, there's this wonderful um, ability to embed uh, Power BI reports into publicly available websites uh, so okay. that people can just see what I do. And when this question really occurs on a party or somewhere, I just open a browser or my, my uh, app on my mobile phone and, and show them what I do. And that's, that's, um, that's a good idea. It, it works. I like that. I like that. That's uh, even that even with even with customers. This is a good idea because they might have an idea what Power BI is, but you don't know their background. And only because they are asking for Power BI, that doesn't mean that they really need Power BI. I had customers who wanted to have a Power BI solution, and in the end, it turned out what they needed is a PDF in a OneDrive. So um, yes. sometimes they get confused. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I certainly come across people who end up just needing an Excel solution. Yeah. They think they want a Power BI solution, but really, it's just Excel. And, and when I show them this stuff, this thing called Power Query that exists, and this thing called you know the data model, and you can do it all in Excel, you know, their eyes light up and especially financy people, you know, who just live and breathe Excel. They, yeah. they sort of get really excited about this. And Power BI has got its place um, and it's awesome, all sorts of things. But the, the beauty of being able to use both with these tools, it, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And man, many people don't even know that all these Power BI tools exist in Excel. So, yeah. of course, they want to have a, a Power BI solution, not because Excel is bad, but they don't know that these tools exist in Excel already for years. Totally. And totally. Um, yeah, so I agree. Um, it's not necessarily the right way 
to go for Power BI when all you need is a um, automated import from different data sources to create a table that you use in Excel anyway. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you ever use uh, Power View? Did yes. You ever, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How was your I, experience? I um, in the beginning, it was amazing because yeah, uh, yeah. it was the first time to have interactive reports. But of course, um, the the experience in Power BI Desktop is is much better, and now it's yeah. not even supported anymore under three. Uh, no. Can, I, I think you can still. I think you can still find it somewhere under the Excel settings. You can still turn on Power View, but you have to go digging for it in Excel. Not in O three six five. Has it gone no. now? Okay, it's it's gone because um, the the underlying technology. And now I need oh, to remind Sil Silverlight. Silverlight, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah Silverlight yeah. is is not supported by by Microsoft anymore, as far as uh, I know. Okay, gone. So you need to get an older version of Excel, I think 2016 or something, yeah, to, okay. to put your hands on it. And Open nobody up. needs to do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, no good and reason. If you go to the official documentation for Power View, which still exists, really? uh, okay. you can click a link which leads you to Power BI desktop or, or Power BI service. I'm not sure. Yeah. Right. Awesome. But you, you used to be like a financial controller or um, was it finance focused or not? Uh, it was more business focused. I was business? a controller. I, I always say financial controlling, maybe because of my limited English, um, okay. just to make sure it's a controller in a, in a um, yeah, Overview sort of business department. That, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But lots of lots of Excel use. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the usually the guy who um, was asked by almost all the people in the company how they could solve Excel problems. Uh, later on, I, I specialize in VBA programming. Um, many people love about v, um, VBA, uh, especially when they have a programming background. Uh, my wife is an IT person. Um, I, I have a hard time here. Uh, <laughs> but um, it allows business people who dig a bit deeper into the topic to do many, many crazy things, um, automate things, um, so you can focus on, on the real I call it brain work, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I loved VBA, and I always tried to automate things uh, that I had to do two or three times manually. When I noticed, okay, this task occurs several times a month or um, every time each month, I invested the time, mostly spare time, uh, to automate these things. And yeah. uh, this, of course, is something you can do with Power Query pretty well. Yeah. How have you How have you found the impact now? So Power Query replacing a lot of your VBA work. All the VBA. All of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I haven't touched VBA for years. Yeah, I guess I'm... the last thing, and I'm I'm sure we are we are going to talk about this um, in a, in a bit, uh, was to create this uh, notepad plus plus editor because ah, okay. yes, um, because I have no other programming skills like C sharp or something. Yeah. Uh, I use VBA to create the files that are necessary. Uh, okay. But that's that was the last time I programmed even a line of VBA code. Yeah, I'm I'm I eventually built myself this sort of beautiful VBA sort of project with all the functionality I needed in that was ready to use for all my future jobs. You know, you'd write little bits of VBA code and then you use it again and you use it somewhere else. 
So I had this like mega file that had all this code in. Um, and just at the time I got that down perfect, Power Query came along. <laughs> and then I've just I've never opened it again. It's sitting there. Yeah. I do I do once in a while, probably, I don't know, once every two months do a little bit of VBA, but yeah, Power Query's just brought an end to it. So of course there are things that you can't do with Power Query like totally. creating forms or something. Yeah, but usually yeah. what most of the VBA scripts do is importing data from external sources and transforming them. And yeah, that's what Power Query is made for. I think for me now, it's purely a case of user control using VBA in Excel. So user control, locking things down, giving people, you know, unhiding and showing, you know, navigating those sorts of things. Um, yeah. Generating a PDF from something if somebody needs that. So, sure. you know, those sorts of tools. But um, so you made a leap then to become, so your current business is your own. You're a consultant now. Yeah. So what triggered that jump into consultancy? I think that are different aspects or that has different aspects. On the one hand, when I, when I left school, I, I always wanted to be self-employed, but I okay. never knew what to do. So right. yeah. then I studied business administration and started as a controller and did that for 11 years. And I always liked this data wrangling stuff. I was always more interested in how to get the data and how to transform it uh, than actually analyzing them. Right. And because I had, I cannot say huge success, but it was like that people came to me and asked me how to do these things. Um, I always felt a bit like a consultant and I always loved to explain things to people and see this aha effects. Yeah. Um, so I, always wanted to be a teacher. This is what I initially um, studied, but then switched to, okay. to business administration. And so when I got an MVP, I decided if I don't make myself a freelancer now, I will never do it. So that was the, the, the last thing I needed to, to become a freelancer. Right. Um, I'm not sure if that was such a clever idea because the MVP has nothing to do with uh, customer requests. <laughs> no. That the community knows you has nothing to do with your potential customers. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I'm happy I made the decision, but because now it, it really works out. I think there is this sort of idea that you, you know, an MVP makes you more marketable to, to clients and things. Not None at all. Of Most of them ask, what, what is. is that behind yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. What's an MVP? I guess it's a you know, is it like any, you know, um qualification? Um it mm. looks better to have one than not have one. But in terms of people's awareness of what it is, it's just like, oh that's nice, you know. And then things move on. So yeah, it's not the reason to uh, to do it is to not to help the business. There's far too much no um work involved in being an MVP, but you've got to enjoy it. You know, if you You don't want to do MVP stuff um, for the reward in terms of financial because it's pointless. It's not what you do it. It's Actually, sometimes, I don't know if you have that uh, experience of this, but sometimes I get asked, um, what do I have to do to become an MVP? Yeah. And um, even though the, the answers could be yeah very different because people have different ways to become it. Um, some of them speak at a lot of conferences, what I don't do. 
um, others create videos, others write blogs. So it's it's very uh, versatile. But my question always is, why do you want to become one? Yeah. I, I have not, I never had the, the idea of, oh, I must become an MVP. It's a good idea to be one. Let's find out how to do that. It just yeah. appeared because I yeah. did what I what I liked. And for those those folks listening, if you don't know, so MVP stands for Most Valuable Professional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Microsoft thanks. award this um, sort of credential once a year. Um, you have to submit all the blogs and articles and videos and, and other things you've done, conferences you've attended um, and presented at. So you've got to submit this body of work every year and you get renewed. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's the stuff we enjoy doing and that's why we do it. Um, and we happen to get a nice reward out of it in terms of um, what's the what I don't know what for you Lars what's what's the benefits of being an MVP for me it's probably um, contact with the developers of Excel and Power BI network network yeah people you can know you can ask and bounce ideas off and those sorts of things as well um, for me that's the sort of the main benefit yeah yeah exactly it's the same with me cool it's um, it's so, the net the network to people who think alike uh like yes. you yeah and yeah. um of course by using networks like twitter or being involved in, in user groups um, your local user group or meanwhile worldwide uh is a good way to connect to people um the mvp brought it to another level for me but that's the only benefit and that's not the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. When I started blogging, I did it for fun. When I became a freelancer, of course, it also was a kind of marketing. People need to find you, otherwise you can be the best expert in the world and you won't earn any money. Yeah. Uh, but this is why I'm doing it and not for the MVP. So did you set up a user group? In Actually, I, I did the first one in Germany um, oh, wow. back in Power 2015. BI? Yeah. Power BI user okay. group. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before that, I tried to find my my place in other user groups um, when the Power BI tools were still in Excel, and um, I visited uh, SQL Server user groups and stuff, and they already had uh, tabular models because of the 2012 edition of SQL Server. Okay. But honestly, they all were still too deep into multi-dimensional and and were a bit laughing wow. about this excel tool and uh yeah what do you want to do with it it doesn't really work blah 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 oh, and okay. i i didn't feel quite comfortable there um i knew wh why they were reacting like this i i didn't feel they were bad people or something but i knew we we needed something on our own and then um i i remember that like it was yesterday i was um with my wife and and um two friends of us in South Africa. Okay. And um, I got the email that Power BI, uh, that Microsoft wants to um, start this Power BI user group thing. And you could apply, uh, no, how apply? can I apply? Thanks, apply, <laughs> apply for, for a user group. And I did that and uh, it was uh, confirmed one month later. And so the user group started in I think October 2015. Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, still got are you still doing that regularly? Is that still going? Um, Not yes. as regular as you would like. Yeah, That's usually nice we did it. 
Yeah, usually we we did it once a month and yeah, in person before okay. the pandemic, of course, yeah, because yeah. I, I like I like the remote opportunity. Um, I'm thinking about doing it remotely, even when the pandemic ends, hopefully soon, because yeah. uh, here here in Hamburg, I always struggled with getting free rooms to to ah, yeah. have the people sit together. That was always a problem. Uh, and remotely, that's not not such a problem. If you want to bring the people together for socializing, you can still meet two or three times a year in a bar and have a have a beer yeah um but uh, we we met once a month and um no i'm sorry every every second month six times a year that was okay. uh w was needed um, from from the power bi team that was um, necessary to oh, meet at least right. six six times okay a year. yeah yeah so and um now i'm i'm just not having the time bringing the yeah. kids to bed is always uh um, bring them along they'd love a bit of power bi <laughs> <laughs> most of my customers and most of my power bi connections who i uh talk to like this uh, via remote and, and camera know my boys already because i have them <laughs> always on my on my chair yeah. uh but it makes it tough to to um organize a user group yeah, um, yeah but i'm i'm trying to come back to normal and have it once a month okay well good um so i'd like to talk about your blog and your pod and your podcast also um mm -hmm. so let me read a blog post title of yours right from september 2014 so this is okay. going back right so oh. the title was how to build asymmetric pivots on power pivot data models using named sets right yeah now english is your second language and you're able to write stuff like that now that's impressive <laughs> Um, there are good translators on the web. <laughs> Google <laughs> Translate is great, and we have DeepL.com, which I prefer. Um, okay, but that, that actually makes sense. So the translator, if it wasn't your, I'm, I think you're being modest, but that's uh, that's impressive. Um, we were chatting before we started recording about languages and stuff, and and you know, I just hats off to everybody who blogs and does presentations in a second language. Um, so are you there, sort of translating everything in your? head from one language to another for every response or is is it sort of a bit more natural how often do you get to speak english um usually really speaking not not just listening a couple of times a year yeah that's my, just ama that's amazing my my customers are all from germany yeah. or german speaking countries and um i i listen a lot to to english stuff all the conferences all the power bi stuff is in english um i i like to listen to english speaking podcasts like joe rogan um i listen a lot to english but i yeah. speak it quite rarely yeah because i sort of my my mother's language is welsh and her first that's her first language and her side of the family all speak welsh to each other and i've picked up enough that i can understand it when it's spoken to some extent but as soon as i have to have a conversation I'm just lost after the opening, you know, hello, my name is, and then somebody replies to something because they think I'm fluent. And then I'm just, yeah. I just look like a deer in the headlights and I'm like, uh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's impressive. What I love about being raised bilingual is that you do not only know the words, it sounds like you're from that country. Yeah. I have friends who uh, were raised bilingual in, in, um, Brazilian Portuguese and, and German 
And okay. when they switch to the other language, they don't even sound German anymore. Yeah. I know my, my English is not that German. Hello, my name is. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not my problem. But you definitely hear I'm not English speaking yeah. by nature. And um, those people don't have that. And that is great. That's amazing. That is impressive. So uh, what? Because you write your blog in, in both, don't you? you? You do English and German in your blog? Yes. Yeah. So what was the decision there about? Um, I wanted to distinguish between what I called personal marketing and uh, the the work for the community. Oh, okay. Um, when I when you create your own business and when you create your own blog, you should think about something that's called buying persona. Who are you working for? What's your your perfect customer? And when I write my, my German blog post, it's for this buying persona. Okay. And I try to keep it more simple. I want to try to solve a certain business problem with this, not necessarily explain deeply why things work like this, but that things work like this so that people yeah. can go through it, click, 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 write the line of code, and their problem is solved. That's what I, what I try with the German ones. And... I try to be very close to what Gary Vaynerchuk uh, emphasizes all the time. I'm not sure if you know that guy. No. He's um, a social influencer from the US. Okay. And he explains how to do social media. And he says, time for selfish content is over. Just saying, hey, I'm the greatest guy ever and buy my stuff. That doesn't work anymore. You have to create content that helps people without um, expecting anything. Yeah. And most of the people will never buy your stuff, but some will. And over time, that becomes business. That's the idea behind the German ones. The English ones that became pretty rare during the last month yeah. um, are for the community. Okay. That's, that's the idea yeah, behind yeah. English and German. Yeah. Awesome. And then... You know, how did you how did you make the decision to start or what drove you to do a podcast? You know, an English language interviewing people. Um, you know, why why the leap of the, uh, uh, to do that? Well, I started blogging back in 2014. And the, the SSBI blog is not my first blog about Power BI. My first blog was Power BI minus usergroup.de. Okay. That's the thing I started back in 2014 when Power BI wasn't even a thing. And th this is why I'm a bit proud of the name Power BI user group because Power BI didn't even exist then. I was asking myself, how could you name all this Power BI, um, Power Tools in Excel all together? Ah. And I said, hmm, maybe it's Power BI. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but that website was on, on Google Blogspot and it wasn't, wasn't really nice looking. Okay. And at the end of 2015, I I got a bad lung inflammation, which yeah made me sick for over six weeks. Right. And I, I lay down a long time, and and after I um, yeah surpassed the the worst time of it, uh, I had a lot of time for thinking. How do you want to move on in your career or uh, all the things you do? And I decided to learn how to build a good business website, a good blog. Yeah. 
yeah. um, that, that includes a good blog. And I, it took me nine months to create this website on my own because I didn't know anything about WordPress and how to build oh, up okay. a website. So you've designed and it all? You, it's you all mine, it? yes. Wow, okay, yeah. Um, I, I bought the, the plugin that uh, creates the layout, but everything else is, is uh, my own. You don't have to program anything. You, right. you buy plugins and you, but it's, it's still, it, it took some time. Yeah. And um, yeah, then, then I, uh, when I did it back in 2013, it was like, I didn't know many people who dealt with his topics. In my company, there was one guy, a good friend, Uwe Mester, maybe you know one or the other Power Query article from him, um, who was interested in this stuff, but that was everything. I didn't know anyone else to talk to. Nobody wanted to talk to me about Power BI. So I did that for, for myself and just for exchanging information. And when I created my, my actual website, uh, of course, the idea changed a bit to making, the, making it a business. Yeah. And, and that then sort of, was that what led to the MVP status as well? Did that sort of feed into, uh, into I the guess MVP so. award? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, the the blog articles for sure. As I said, I don't attend uh, conferences because of of time issues. Yeah. Um, my my boys need a lot of time, um, and now the pandemic is there. We can do everything digitally, but yeah, you have yeah. to to earn some money. And afterwards, the the boys are there and uh, asking for your time. So there is no time in the in the evening and the nights to do that. And when did um, yeah, you start the um, the podcast? Then when did what was the what date did you start on that? Um, last year, in okay. uh, no two thousand nineteen was two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah. uh, it was a couple of months before the pandemic started, I guess. Uh, in the meantime, we have more podcast hosts than podcast guests. I, <laughs> I think. Hey, you're looking uh, at but, me there, Lars, as if I'm stealing your no, idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> which I, which I a, am, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing because um, many people do cool stuff and also different stuff. The idea behind the podcast was the following. I was a bit bored of just writing. And I was thinking about um, using a new medium. And um, as I like to say, I have the perfect uh, face for podcasting because people don't see me. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I don't like to be on screen, honestly. Yeah. And um, when I was at my last employer, um, a, a German company called Otto, um, e-commerce company um, competitive to Amazon. Okay. Um, I had the pleasure of um, having a self-marketing training. Um, it took three days, I think, and we discussed how can you marketing yourself, of course, in that company. Um, to yeah, be seen better by other people and make career and, and stuff. And one part of that was uh, that I had to write an email to 20 people I know, different people, uh, old friends, former bosses, um, whoever okay. you, you, you want to, and ask for your strength. Not for right. weaknesses, just for strength. Ooh. And I, right. I, I got a lot of uh, um, uh, answers uh, they they replied happily. And one thing that occurred many, many times was your voice. And okay. so I thought, why not making this strength um, the main part of your new medium? And I thought, okay, you like to listen to podcasts, why not creating your own? And I started in German. 
And I thought, okay, then you do the same thing like with your blog, one uh, track in, in German, the other one in English, but it didn't work. I, I like the time. I don't have so much time to do that. And there are not so many people in Germany that you can talk to, to this topic, especially when you really want to have the experts. All the experts at Microsoft speak English. I can uh, in invite uh, Jeffrey Wong to talk yeah. about the invention of DAX and try to do that in, in German. Uh, that won't be successful, I think. <laughs> no. So I, I just decided for going with English. Yeah, yeah. And what's to, just sort of on a, on a side sort of note a little bit, what is the, the take-up like in Germany of Power BI? Is it, is it sort of accelerating as fast as it seems to be in other parts of the world? Or what, what's your view? Uh, I guess we're a bit behind. Uh, when I started being uh, a freelancer back in 2018, it was a bit disappointing um, because not many people knew what it was still. Right. And um, my my personal opinion, I don't have any evidence for that, but my personal opinion is um, back then all the, the stuff about Power BI was in English and people in Germany are still a bit reluctant in terms of um, consuming stuff that's not in German. Okay. Um, that's my personal impression. I might be yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but now with O three six five or Microsoft three six five, Power BI has um, how can I say? It's widely seen, and um, in the meantime, I get a lot of requests due to my website because people are googling and trying to find solutions. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it yeah. works in the meantime. So going back to the podcast, um, how did you hook up with your guests? How, and what, did you just email them and say, hey, would you like to be on this new thing I'm doing? Or? Yep. <laughs> that was it? Um, it, it? It depends on how you're connected to them. Uh, I have no personal connection to Jeffrey Wong, for example. Yeah. Um, so I had to write him a mail. And the good thing is, I, I tried to do something similar pre-podcast um, periods because I have a, um, a section on my, on my blog that um, interviewed people in a written form. Um, and I did it with um, a couple of MVPs. I did it with uh, at least two Microsoft employees. Um, I guess it was Jeffrey Wong back then and... Uh, Will Thompson, who replied, I, I okay, yeah. wrote mails to a couple of other employees, but they simply didn't take the right, time to, yeah. to do that. And um, so I, we already were connected. And when I wanted to do the podcast with him, I, I just wrote the mail. Hey, Jeffrey, maybe you remember we did that back then. And uh, uh, would you be willing to do it um, as a podcast? And he's such a nice person. He was so grateful for doing this. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was the one who had to be grateful, but they are really acknowledging that uh, we are spreading the word. Um, he, I, yeah. I don't know if you have listened to the podcast episode, but he explains that they are delivering the features, but guys like the Italians, uh, for example, are yeah, the ones yeah. who take that to those who will really use it. And um, Totally. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the podcast. So uh, I recommend folks. Thank you. Hook up to it and download it and subscribe. So is it? Is it? Are you doing some more episodes soon? Are we planning to? Uh, not soon. And, and honestly, as I said, in the meantime, there are many podcasts on the topic, 
And uh, I really like to listen to um, the podcast made by Casper de Jong, for example. Yes, that's one of my um, too. The thing is, many of the interviews he did were already on my to-do list, but due to the pandemic, <laughs> I didn't have the time. So every yeah. time he releases a new podcast, I, I just make a cross on my to-do list because that thing is done. Yeah. Um, I think there's, yeah, I think there's scope to interview people who've already been interviewed, um, just because you can have different a different unless the, all the questions that you would ask have been asked. I think there's there's scope there, and at a different yeah, but audience, that's the different thing. Time and it's it's not about okay, this one has already been interviewed. I was thinking about interviewing Armin Nets, and he has already been interviewed by uh, Bi Focal. Oh and, yes, uh, yeah. They they have a great podcast themselves, and they do it for years now. So they are the yeah, godfathers yeah. of Power BI podcasts. Um, so if that was my requirement, I, I couldn't have thought about interviewing Arminitz again. Yeah. But Casper um, does a great job in asking good questions, yeah. and having good questions is the the crucial part with your podcast. Yeah. So I'm not thinking about um, interviewing Arminitz soon. <laughs> When you come up with some good questions, then just get on the phone, <laughs> give them a quick call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what um, of your of your career that that got you to where you are today? Was there any particular role or person or something that really influenced your the direction you took or your learning of Excel and then Power BI and these sorts of things? <clears throat> or um, that's an interesting question. <clears throat> Yes, I guess so. Um, I learned VBA on my own. I started okay. reading blogs, yeah. reading books, and, and trying stuff, and, and suddenly it worked somehow. And then I thought it's time for doing um, it more professionally. And I um, wrote a mail to an author of one of the books I read and ask for a training course. And he offered training courses, not only for me, but for, I think we were five people in the room. So a two and a half day VBA training course. He had three modules. Uh, his name is Bernd Held. Um, three modules. And I skipped the first one and I did the second one. So and after the second one, I I think half a year, half a year later, I did the, the third module. Right. And then I was looking for something else, but there was no further module. So I asked him, hmm, what about doing a conference once a year where you um, are, are the presenter and we do it with developers for developers and just exchange information? Okay. And he said, that's a great idea. You will become a trainer too. And I said, what? <laughs> I don't want to. That was not my attempt. But right. from that moment on, I was, I was a trainer. I, I wow. spoke in front of people. And the thing is, I was... I guess by far the youngest in the room. All the others had 10 years, 20 years experience right. in, in programming, at least in, in other languages, but also in, in VBA. And the, the funny um, outcome for me was I could teach them things because there are so many different aspects of a programming language. You can't know yeah. everything. Yeah. No. And that made me think I can do this. I can, I can talk. I'm always nervous. I was so nervous before we started doing this podcast, but while talking to you, I feel quite comfortable. And this is the yeah. thing with me all the time. Well, and this is we, what people... We, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, we, we sort of... I think anybody from a <clears throat> analyst, sort of accounting, finance -y, 
um, number crunching type background. Very rarely is a natural born speaker presenter. There's, there's, you know, I I would shy away from presenting and doing stuff. And now I'm doing YouTube videos and podcasts. And but I'd be more than happy if I'm all the lights went out and I just had my laptop yeah. and I just do some programming for the next five years. You know, it's that sort of yeah, exactly. It's a weird... it's the same with same with me, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, the more you do it, the better you you become. Of course, it's all about uh, yeah. repetition. And um, the good thing, and this is something I I notice very early on, is that. I am nervous, but people never notice it. When I talk to people and tell them, oh, I did this speaking, but I was so nervous. And they yeah. all react like, what? You were so calm. And when you realize that, that in the meantime makes me a bit more calm beforehand, because I know yeah. you can be as nervous as you want. People will not notice it. I, I've got to the state now where I, as long as I know my content, and I've rehearsed it and rehearsed it another time, then even if there is a bit of nerves beforehand, I don't worry because if something goes wrong, you know, we can just pause. People are forgiving, they, they, especially when it's like free conferences and presentations. Um, but if you know your topic, then people don't even know if you missed five minutes of what you were meant to say. You know, you might beat yourself up afterwards, but no one else knows you forgot the five minutes. So you shouldn't stress about it. Um, yeah. But it is practice. It's only through doing it and feeling awkward and nervous and you just do it more and more. And I don't think that feeling ever goes away totally, but you just, I don't know, get used to it a bit. Yeah, I think the worst experience I had with this is um, I was on a on an Excel conference for two days and in in the evening they had some kind of more relaxed presentational stuff where you could show some some nice use cases and the people were sitting there with a beer in their hands and uh like this and i prepared four four examples what you could do with power bi i don't, I don't even remember what it was right and i was i was staying in front of the room and i didn't have the keys and i didn't know that I need the key. So all the people were waiting for me and I, I couldn't open the room. So that was the first <laughs> bad thing. Then I uh, then I found out where I could get the key. I, I opened the room, people sat down and I couldn't connect to the Beamer. That was oh. the second thing. So after those problems were solved, I, I showed my first example and it didn't work. It simply did not work. And I was so nervous. And then I said, okay, we, we skip, we can just go to the next example. The second example didn't work either. Oh no! So I was I was pretty close to jumping out of the window and running away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the third and the fourth example worked. So we we closed that session, and one of the attendees was uh, another trainer, and he came to me and said said Lars, that was such a pity. I feel so sorry for you, but it was amazing how cool you stayed, how how cool you were, and said I was close to running away there was nothing <laughs> cool in me but i appeared to be cool anyway so yeah yeah that's cool that's a good thing but i'm not responsible for it <laughs> i think you may have just introduced a new feature into this show called my worst presentation moment <laughs> I, I like that idea i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna drop it in uh, <laughs> that's quite good i'm just trying to think i had i had one presentation where three people turned up um it was like a 
part of a, a CPA accounting conference thing. And they were meant, you meant to bring your own computer along and, and sort of follow along and do a few things. And then three people right at the front row just said, oh, you know, we've got our Macs with us. Can we, what, where, how do we install it? And it's just like, you can't do it on a Mac. It's not possible. <laughs> so I've got three angry people just staring at me, you know, from the front. Even though they were told in advance, it doesn't work on a yeah. Mac. But no one reads those instructions before going to conferences. So yeah, <laughs> Exactly, nobody does. Things. Yeah, but oh. but but I have another one. If you if you let me oh, to two yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You asked me how my first blog came up, right? And the the actual story behind it is I was on this Excel conference I was talking about, where I asked the guy Ben Held if we could do that once a year, and I was actually on that conference, and it was two in 2014, and I my my topic was I taught in two sessions, uh, 90 minutes. 90 minutes each, okay. how you could uh, build up a solution using XS as a front end for SQL Server, right, uh, yep. creating VBA scripts, putting your external data through XS into SQL Server, and then uh, connecting Power Pivot to SQL Server and creating measures and a pivot table and a report. Okay. So that, that took two times 90 minutes, 180 minutes. And because my whole work day by day, my daily work was building up reports, I thought this could be interesting for those people. The room was filled with, I think, 20 or 25, mainly men, but also two or three women. And two guys were really amazed. That's great. This is exactly what I wanted. Three people fell asleep in front of me. <laughs> really, they, they really? slept. Oh, and the others man. others were like, hmm, yeah, where where do I, do I get the next newspaper from today? Oh. So, and after that, I noticed, okay, this stuff is interesting, at least for me and the two other guys, but I need to change the bubble. I need to change uh, the, yeah. the audience. And this is exactly that evening I created my blog. Excellent. <laughs> and look where it led to. Time to get into Power Query. So, I think I first came across your name in relation to the Power Query editor. So using Notepad++. Mm -hmm. How do you even end up deciding to do that? What, what's, the, what's the trigger that goes, I need something? Because maybe you just want to explain briefly what, what that was. Um, and then, yeah, sort of why you even developed it. Uh, sure, I'm happy to do that. Um, for those who started with um, Power BI or Excel, um, since uh, there is a support in the advanced editor for writing yeah, M formulas, M functions, um, there was a time where this simply wasn't available. You have, M is a case-sensitive language, so writing table.selectRows with a, with a uppercase T doesn't succeed. You need a... a No, lowercase t. Well, you need an uppercase t to make yeah. it work. And um, if you have more complex code and you get an error message that is not telling you anything about the actual error, uh, you need to get into the, the M code. And doing it in, in an editor that has no syntax highlighting, no parameter hints, no nothing, uh, not even a, f a search function, which you have in a, in a normal text editor, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a pain in the ass. <laughs> so... I, I started Googling for an editor 
And I found a very interesting article by one of the guys from the Power Query team, the engineering team at Microsoft, um, whose name is uh, Matt Mason. Oh, yeah. He is he's one of the responsible guys, if not even the only one, uh, for the actual advanced editor. He implemented um, the IntelliSense and the syntax highlighting and the parameter hints. Right, yeah. And uh, he showed that it is possible to create own language in Notepad++, a custom language. I, I didn't even know that. And his editor version or his plugin or however you want to call that had this um, syntax highlighting. So if you type in um, or copy in table.selectRows, this table.selectRows gets a different color. So you can find keywords easily in a, okay. in a script. And of course, you have this um, inherent um, capability of Notepad++ finding opening and closing parentheses. So that was that was great, but there were more than 600 functions back then, and you didn't have IntelliSense so, uh, or auto-completion or however you yeah. want to call it. I want to yeah. type in it table dot, and I want to see how all the other functions yeah. uh, look like without using shared um, in, in uh, Power Query. And I thought, Notepad++ has it. All the other languages that exist in that tool have syntax highlighting. So I googled in the documentation uh, or searched uh, in the documentation yes. for uh, for that feature. And uh, there was a documentation that showed that you need a specific um, XML file with all the information. Uh, and then this is possible. Okay. So I was aware. So had, sorry, Lars, at, at this point, yeah. I'd have given up, right? <laughs> you kept going. Why? Why did you keep going and decide because, to keep exploring? And because I didn't have twins back then. <laughs> you had no, I, spare time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I, I worked with Power Query a lot, and right. maintaining the code was was such a painful experience. Okay. And um, I thought. Could do something um, for yeah in the beginning for me and uh, then also for the community, um, but of course I needed all the information that are necessary for this editor. You need the the function names which you can get by using shared, but you need yeah. all the parameters. You need all the types. You need all the types for the parameters. Um, so the types mm -hmm. for the function itself and the parameters, and I didn't didn't even know how to do that. So I wrote a mail to Matt Mason and asked for that, and he said. Great idea. Um, I will uh, forward that to a colleague of mine, and that colleague um, sent me an M script that provided me this information as a table. Okay. So uh, with with every new release of Power BI Desktop, which happens to appear every single month, as you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I needed to get all this new information. So I had this script. I exported this this table of of uh, function names and parameters from Power Query into uh, my own Excel file. And then comes the last uh, VBA script I ever used. Right. Um, and that converted this uh, table into an XML file. Okay. Uh, that was necessary for, for Notepad++. And that worked. And the, the funny thing is I put that on my blog back in 2015, my old blog, uh, powerbi-usergroup.de. And um, nobody really read it. And then something changed in the query or 
behind the query that this guy from Microsoft uh, sent to me, and I didn't get any any output anymore. So I I didn't invest the time to to make that work properly. So I just stopped it. I didn't do anything okay. about it. And then in 2017, I was um, at the UK Power BI Summit, which was uh, organized by by Jen Stirrup back back then. Okay. Yeah. And I was sitting. I was sitting in a room of more or less hundred people, and uh, they were talking about different things. I was working on my computer, and then someone mentioned, "Hey, there is a, a M plugin for Notepad plus plus." And the guy who invented it is sitting in this room. Right. I, I wasn't thinking I had developed a plugin for Notepad++. I just wrote a small XML file. So I, I didn't think they were talking about me. And I just kept on, on creating uh, on my PC. And okay. suddenly that guy went out having his laptop in, in his hands. And I saw him walking out. And on his screen was my LinkedIn profile. Wow. And I thought, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then I went out and had a talk to him and he said, this, this is such a great thing. You have to make that work again. And then I did that on my new blog. And that eventually was a big part of becoming an, an MVP because people knew me for, for yeah, this tool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just so useful. You know, it just came, it was essential. It was just so slow and, you know, buggy to try and build your own code. It's so easy to make a mistake that, yeah. you know, you just, you, you filled that real need that people had so people youngsters today don't know how good they've got it with intellisense built in <laughs> yeah exactly but um, of course that that was necessary such a tool yes yeah. yeah support for those who who code so and now now we have it it's not beautiful as you know the the editor is still a bit buggy and yeah if you use the 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 tap key um, oh, yeah it kills it's, me it's not good what you get but yeah. anyway you have support um and uh, this is why i don't support my my editor um anymore you yeah. can still download the latest version but it's not necessary to just download probably a desktop in the newest yeah. version and that's it and when did you first come across power query do you do you have a memory of going what is this what is this thing? It it already had the name Power Query. It was not Data Explorer anymore. So yeah. I'm definitely one of those who were there in the very early days, like Chris Webb mentioned in yeah. your last episode. But I guess it was 2014, early 2014, early. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, must have been that that time. And, just and honestly, honestly. In the beginning, I didn't really understand what this thing is for. Okay. Um, I I knew what Power Query was. My knowledge about data modeling wasn't that good. I'm not pretty sure if I knew the term star schema back then. No, I didn't. So as, as many people still do it, I imported my data as is. Uh, and I, I did it with, with a Power Pivot because before we had a power query there was no other way than importing yeah. it with the with the tools in power pivot and because i knew excess i'm not a sql guy i have no i'm I'm not capable of writing uh sql fluently just uh, i yeah, would, I would do the same with, as me with it. yeah but uh, you have a, a nice graphical uh, interface in excess which makes you clicky clicky draggy grubby for sql more or less <laughs> yeah. and uh, because of that i i thought okay 
you don't need Power Query. Of course, there were many cool connectors to, to very fancy data sources, but my daily business was Excel, CSV, TXT files, and maybe um, accessing SQL Server. That was easily um, possible with this, with Access. And I remember a guy writing me a message on, on Xing, which is a competitor, a German competitor to LinkedIn, okay. telling me, hey, your, your articles are good, but you need to get into Power Query. And I answered him, uh, thanks for that hint, but I guess I don't need to because I know Access and that's fine. Boy, yeah. was I wrong. Yeah, yeah. And the the more I, I noticed what necessary transformations are, the more I valued what's possible with um, with Power Query. And I remember, I know you're a big fan of Unpivot and yeah. uh, Unpivot other columns, as, as I am too. Yeah. And I remember after I noticed that, I, I wrote an article on my old blog that uh, said, okay, um, unpivot is possible with Power Query, but I guess it's not not possible if your table has a header across several lines, several rows. So if your table has a, a header with um, with three or four or five rows, that's yeah. not possible with Power Query. So here is the VBA solution. Yeah, and of course it's possible with Power yeah. Query. And that's my, my, my advice for people who start early on with Power Query. If you doubt if something is possible with Power Query, just assume it is and try to find out how, because most advice. of it works. And you mentioned your favorite feature was the, the custom functions. Um, mm -hmm. So do you have a use case or an example of where you might use custom functions? It's the start of every Power BI project, my custom uh, calendar table. Okay. Um, just... There are many more, but um, that's the one I use all the time. Actually, I'm, I'm uh, writing a, a German uh, blog post right now where I provide people with my uh, calendar table that I use in, in almost every project um, that, yeah, is based on this function. Um, yeah. And if you know there is something you use all day long, why, why doing it all the time again manually? Yeah, totally. Um, and sort of what is those, those sorts of bits or is there any part of Power Query um, that interests you more than other bits? Are you into the M code? Are you a fan of the just the in the user interface part and just showing people how easy it is with clicking stuff or what's what's your what's your feeling on that that depends on on the case and what your audience is when, as i said when i write uh, about uh, when i write a german article i try to keep it simple i try to solve problems and then yeah. of course i try to find solutions even though they are more advanced with writing m codes i try to find solutions by using the user interface and as i said before you press record um, it was a hard decision for me to to decide which is my favorite feature in, in Power Query because uh, encapsulating business logic into a reusable function is a wonderful thing. But the whole UI in Power Query is a wonderful thing because yeah. all this functionality that you uh, get by clicking a couple of buttons um, is is amazing. And um, when Power Query, uh, no, when Power BI got f three years old, so two years back, 
Yeah. I wrote an article on my website that compared the version of Power BI Desktop at that time with the first version that ever appeared, which was, oh, okay. I guess, Power BI Designer Preview from January 2015. Right. I guess yeah. that was the first version. And I still had it on my, on my um, hard drive. The tool looked completely different. Everything, the, the data modeling capability, I'm not quite sure if it was even there. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was. But uh, it, it looked absolutely different. But the Power Query Editor was almost the same, which doesn't mean that this tool didn't develop. In my opinion, it just means it was very mature right from the beginning. And um, yeah, it still is. You get new features mainly when you when you see new functions in Power Query every month. Usually, it are connectors. Yes, of course, a new da a new data source is added, but the functionality itself, the ability to do more transformations and stuff, it usually makes life easier. But usually, it's a functionality that you already had, but it was more complicated yeah. to apply it. It seems now that the the intention is that the online so data flows, so data flows Power Query online essentially. Why do they name stuff so weirdly? I don't know. It just gets to me. <laughs> don't ask me. So I, people ask me, what, what are data flows? And I say, well, it's just a folder of Power Query tables. All oh, right. Why do they call it data flows? I, I don't know. So there's more to it, but, you know, that's a simple explanation. But the, the user interface in there, there's, they're just transforming that. You know, the, there's the diagram view. There's more indicators. So really looking forward to that stuff coming into the desktop. Oh, yeah. That'll be yep. good. That'll be good when that will. And eventually Excel, hopefully, will get that stuff as well at, at some point. But maybe <laughs> we'll crossing we'll fingers here. <laughs> do you do you use much Excel these days? Um, honestly, not very much. No. I have a couple of customers who um, have solutions in Power Query and Excel. And of course, um, I, I try to help them support them with the uh, don't know query performance or just adding some logic but mainly it's power bi yeah yeah i'm definitely sort of our company swung a lot more you know sort of 70 percent power bi now 30 percent excel having been at an mm. excel you know consulting and, and training firm so yes yeah, changed a lot um so your blog is called self-service bi or ssbi so what yes. do you see as the what do you see as the difference then between you know that business intelligence solution of 10 years ago and this concept of self-service BI, what's what's changed? Um, to talk about change, um, I would need to know how it was back then. I was never a developer for enterprise BI solutions with, um, for instance, SQL Server Analysis Service Multidimensional. That's a yeah. world that's really hidden for me. I don't know anything about MDX. <clears throat> I can only... I can only imagine how it was because, in, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and were, were you ever were you ever involved in implementing? You know, maybe in charge of. You know, somebody was in, a company was implementing a new business intelligence system where you had to be get scoping requirements. I got involved with one of nope. those once, and it wasn't a good, it wasn't not. a great experience. <laughs> it was just no, long we... and painful. We, we were trying to implement BI solutions without BI tools. So we Excel. were mainly, 
Excel with with pivot tables. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the the funny thing is when you listen to the, I don't know if it's funny, but it was interesting when you listen to my episode with um, Alberto Ferrari, uh, when he talks about how he came into BI, it was a Excel pivot table. Marco yes, showed him an Excel pivot table, and he was. Yeah. This is something I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> that was so amazing yes, to to yeah, yeah. hear that. I remember him saying that. Now, yeah, that was awesome. Just it's it's, it's how you get into this stuff. So, yeah, what um, do you what do you imagine then has changed? And or, yeah, or, or to, what do you what do you term as self service? You know, that's my question, really. Um, the the difference. Because I had this interview with um, Jeffrey Wong, who told me that in multidimensional, you would not have even been able to load a single line of data, a single row of a table, before everything in the whole data model was defined. You needed the tables, you needed the fields, you needed the, the dimensions, the facts, the hierarchies, the data types, everything before you could load anything into it. Yeah. So there was no way to do what today is called agile development, I guess. So just... Yeah loading something and see if it works. And um, this is definitely possible with, with Tabula. And um, otherwise, you would not be able to get any business person into developing business intelligence solutions. Yeah. And that's, that's what I call self-service, the ability to do it, that you have enough power on a, on a usual PC to uh, use this engine, that you can install it and that you can run it without needing uh, a whole group of consultants and many servers and uh, 30,000 euro or dollar initial costs before starting anything. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, many people understand self-service as everybody can do it, as if they could do it without f knowledge. Yes. And you, can, you can't use any software without knowledge. I yeah. see so many people sitting in front of Excel because it just was on their working PC um, without any, any training. The employer expects them to know everything. They don't know anything. And then in the end, it's Excel that's the bad software. No, yeah. it was the employer who didn't give, uh, sell any money or give any money for uh, the employee to be trained in that yeah. particular software. There is this there is this assumption that people just oh you used a piece of software or something in your last job let's say Excel and they should, therefore you know how to use it and you, people just go from job to job never getting any formal training um, yeah and when when you apply for a job and you get the question how good are you in Excel all the people say I'm good I yeah. know how to write the sum function yeah I the only company in which I saw that people had to make a test in Excel was one of the companies I worked for and I created the test because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't stand this. I, I don't want I don't want it to throw people out of the of the program or didn't want to have them as a colleague. Yeah. But I, I couldn't stand that the, the, the potential boss is asking, how are you your Excel skills? And they say good. And that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Especially as when it's so key to certain jobs, yeah. You know, it's just, and nobody nobody ranks themselves as, you know, intermediate. You're either beginner or you're advanced. No one's ever in the middle. You know, no one ever claims to be in. And I, you know, full full admission, 
when I joined this company that I work for now, um, 14 years ago, I, I thought I was the bee's knees of Excel, right? I was the expert of Excel. And anybody you chat to from my old companies would have been, Win was the Excel guy, right? Mm. And I started and worked with these people who were professional Excel developers. And I realized I knew this much, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I realized how bad my VBA code was, how clunky my formulas were, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it just, you, you can always learn more. You can always have you have you read the pad professional excel development that book no that's that was a eye-opener for me that okay was so amazing by, by steve bullen i think and a couple of other guys i don't remember still relevant really really now? do you think still relevant uh, I, i think so yeah because oh. it, it teaches you the fundamentals of programming uh those guys don't only program vba they know other languages as well And you get a really good structure. I, I read it, I, I know, ten, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was an eye opener. I can only suggest having well, a copy of that on your. Send desk. me a link and we'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes. I'll do that. Awesome. Okay, right. Let's do the impossible questions section. So here's I'm some questions. I'm scared now. Yeah, you should not know the answer to any of these. I'm, I'm going to struggle. Is this podcast season goes on <laughs> the <laughs> questions are going to get harder and harder as i run out of things to find so yeah i might have to change the change how it works okay so question one and you you've expected answer is i don't know right i didn't know any of these answers that's impossible so, that's impossible so in the power query editor you've got the various tabs across the top top there's home and there's add columns and then there's the view tab and in the view tab you have query dependencies that brings up a little diagram okay yeah so question one regarding that how many different layout options are there for query dependencies because there's a tiny little drop down and you can say i want it to change from vertical to there's how many options <laughs> really there's more than one There's I've, more than I've one. Never, I've never used never that. Never clicked it. Okay, so there's no. four. There's four. There we really? go. Yeah. And what are they doing? I prefer the horizontal layout, left to right, rather okay, than top to bottom. Okay, it's just changing. Okay, it's the just direction for the direction that the shapes go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so. No, never press that button. <laughs> there you go. What color, in that query dependencies view, what color do the table headings change to when you click on a, he on a table? And I want two answers. What color do the tables go in Excel? And what colors do the tables go in Power BI? So you click on a table, Ooh. it lights up the sort of chain yeah, of related yeah. tables. So what color do the table headers go? As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm mainly using Power BI Desktop, so I go okay. for that one, but I'm, okay. is it orange? Yeah, it's, it's the Power BI orangey yellow. Yeah. And is it the same in Excel or different? I have no clue. Okay, it's green, Excel green. Yeah, makes sense. Why they made it different? I don't know. <laughs> right, when you use the formula bar in the Power Query Editor window, yes. so, you know, we're into your world here now, Last week we're into the M code. You're in the formula bar and you expand the formula bar out to its full height. Mm -hmm. How many rows of formula can you show? Oh, 
There aren't many. Uh, four to six, four or six, uh, sorry, five or six rows. Five. Yeah. Give you full marks, five rows. Be nice if it could go a bit bigger, but five rows. Good answer. Remember how it was with the, with the DAX bar. Suddenly it was the oh, whole screen. Oh, true. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Is that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Detachable. That's if you, if you want to have more, you can go to the advanced editor. Right. There's an official Power Query blog. I don't know if you've been on that yet. It's powerquery.com. Yes. Um, and what is the topic of the most recent post? I know this is unfair. I only looked just before this interview. I know, I know that website. They implemented the, that blog only a couple of months ago. There was By a the post way, my, my blog. A few days ago was the latest one on the 26th of haven't, May. Haven't read that. The Power Query team is hiring. That's the, ah. the post. <laughs> Get a job with Power Query team, so go check it out, powerquery.com. Unfortunately, um, I know a couple of guys there. They know really a lot of stuff about programming, so this is not a thing <laughs> uh, that I could do. Um, no. It would be an amazing, amazing no. job. I often but, see these jobs coming up with Microsoft, like Excel team working with the Power. It's like, oh, that sounds good, but I couldn't do it, but I'd like to. Would, would that be something you're interested in if you had the capabilities? Um, not at this stage of my life, but it's one of those ones that, you know, dream job, if you could get in there early on and, but I'm happy with how things are going now. So I don't want to make a change. If it ain't broke, <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Great. it's tempting. But if I was, yeah. What about yourself? Um, it's the same with me. I, I turned 40 a couple of months ago. Um, I have two kids. We are happy in Hamburg. That wouldn't work. No. Um, when you have to to move to Redmond, but um, ten ten years ago, yeah, but I yeah, honestly, I I don't have something to offer. They would need to develop the no. product. I think. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be able to do it even if I wanted to. Do so, uh, right. Last question. By, oh, sorry, go on. By 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 the way, before you move on, the the blog you were talking about, so Power Query, Microsoft dot Power Query or Power Query Oh well, you, if you type in powerquery.com, then. It's a redirect you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your website is on it as a uh, resource, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go. <laughs> Mine as well. <laughs> you got to so go on to there. There's extra resources in uh, Yeah, there's a few links. So we're on there. It's all good. Last question then. So mm -hmm. other than in Excel and Power BI desktop, where else can you find M? I want two places that M code can be used other than Data Excel. flows and yes. SQL Server Analysis Services 2019, I think. I Azure Analysis know. Services, yeah. Wow, that's good. Do you know, oh, there's a few others, but that'll, awesome. Good answer. Okay, it's getting <laughs> it everywhere does. now. It's taking over the world. Yeah, 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 it does. Um, is there anything in the future that you would, so good answers, you, you've answered more than I would have ever got the answer to, so well done. Um, you get no prize, unfortunately. Um, what I'm would you like to see? What would you like to see in terms of the future developments? Are there um, any user voice things or features or annoyances with Power Query or? I would like uh, the, the editor to work better because yes. now we have all these things I was looking for two years ago, like IntelliSense and syntax highlighting, but as, as we both know, using tab stuff leads to, to a function that doesn't work. You have to delete 
yeah. certain parts of the code. It, it's it's a pain still. And um, I would love to see two things. One is should be pretty simple to to accomplish, which is a search bar for queries. You have a search bar for measures in, in the data model, but you have no search bar for queries in, oh, in the query yeah. editor. Yeah. And um, if you do it like I, I like to do it, um, having several uh, queries like an import uh, query, a transformation query, a load query, a folder for utilities, for functions, for, for variables, um, then this list gets longer and longer. And suddenly you extend or you, you leave the screen, you get the scroll bar, yeah. and um, then you need to search for something. and. Yeah, without this search box, it's it's a pain. And if you're asking for a more advanced thing, um, I once had a discussion with uh, Chris Webb about, he, he named Power Query um, an, al almost an ETL tool or something like that, no, no complete ETL tool. And I was asking him why it's not a complete ETL tool. And he said, because it's predefined where you load your data to. And in Excel, you have the data model or the, the sheet. Uh, in Power BI Desktop, it's always the data model, or you just do a um, not loading query yeah. um, as intermediate step, which is, of course, also possible in Excel. Uh, but you don't have the, the um, possibility to export your query as a CSV or XML or JSON file or something yeah. to, to your hard drive and reuse it in other terms. That's something that could be really interesting. Okay. Um, anything coming up in the in the coming six to twelve months? Are you just head down, getting on with life as normal, or is there any sort of plans for anything? Pooh, um, I don't know how far you are with uh, vaccination in in Australia, Not but here in Germany, started. yeah, yeah, we are we are pretty on our, our on a good way, I think. Okay. And next Friday, I will get my first shot. Oh yeah, and um, Monday, the Monday after we will bring our kids back to to kindergarten, oh, so okay. that brings um, more more working time back to what I call a normal life. Yeah, um, yeah. it's with a with a smiling and a crying eye because having the the boys at home is a wonderful thing. You you see so many things that you wouldn't when they are in the kindergarten, but. Um, on the other hand, you hardly can can work when they are here. Yeah. So we we decided to bring them back, and um, then I've got time for social media again, and then I hopefully get my creativity back. <laughs> we'll and be back. I'm 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 I will look into streaming. This is something I want to do. I, I'm not sure if it if it's possible, but that's interesting too. Yeah. Let's see what yeah. the future brings. And you posted on. Twitter the other day, and I really advise people to jump onto Twitter for for, for learning stuff. Yes, um, I yes, learn so much sure. from Twitter. It's an awesome resource. Yeah. You follow the right people. You don't follow all the nonsense. You follow you know people who post good content, and you just get a good feed of all sort. And the problem is, you just feel like you're missing out on everything because you haven't got enough time to read all the content. Yeah, that's that's an issue. And uh, when the pandemic started, and really my wife and me, we really felt pretty exhausted um, during that time, as many people on this planet will yeah. have felt, I think. Um, I stopped using social media completely. Um, right. Because th that was just not possible anymore. And um, now I'm, I'm trying to recover. <laughs> trying to get back in. But I've got to ask you, so on Twitter, you posted about your new computer you bought. <laughs> so, so for the listeners, explain 
what crazy machine you have purchased? Um, I always had um, the brand Alienware from Dell in my mind and was thinking about buying one uh, because nowadays everything works from home office and uh, I had a laptop for the last 10 or 12 years and now it was time for the first desktop again. And um, a friend of us, we, we both know Reed Havens a bit. Yeah. Uh, he, he bought such a machine, such a monster ah, okay. a couple of months ago and we had a quick chat about it and I decided to buy an Alienware Aurora R10 uh, with an AMD processor and 16 cores. 16 um, cores, okay. 16 cores and, and 32, I don't know, how is it called? Pro, virtual processes? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so deep into hardware. Um, a ridiculously amount of RAM, 128 gigabyte RAM, and <laughs> a really nice um, graphic card yeah, GPU. Yeah. So hopefully it will last for for a couple of years. Wow, that should, yeah. Have you have you fired it up yet? Have you turned it on and had a? Um, actually, I'm using it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did you open up um, any old it's... reports and they, all of a sudden they're like instant <laughs> or? Oh yes, yeah, I did. Um, um, mm. Some reports that loaded um, around three minutes yeah. are now there in fifteen seconds. Did you say so? One hundred twenty-eight megabyte of RAM, yeah. Giga, gigabyte. Gigabyte of RAM? Gig, we're, we're in the gigabyte gig? era. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking back in the old days. What am I talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No floppy wow. disks. Wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. External drive. <laughs> Tape player. Tape player to load your games in. Um, wow. Yeah. Oh, that is insane. Okay. So everything just fires up and... You could even have Teams running while doing a Power BI report, probably. <laughs> no, I think that's still not possible. Then. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, you have to 256. <laughs> you just run Teams on a different laptop. Yeah, I guess I, I don't have this crazy amount of, of uh, rows in my data sources. When I work for customers, it's usually uh, a, a tiny, tiny amount of data. But yeah. um, as you know, you have a lot of things on your computer that uh, require RAM. You Even if you... Uh, open a couple of uh, um, Chrome tabs or something, um, it, it blows up. And then you have Zoom and you have Teams and you yeah, have yeah. A video editing software and uh, a streaming software. And um, yeah, it, I w want, just wanted to make sure that there's always enough RAM. Yeah, awesome. There always will be. Um, so before we wrap things up, I'd like to ask my guest, have you ever had any sort of brushes with fame or have you got a little known fact? Have you met famous person or, you know, is there anything you're willing to share about some secret skill? So what would you say to that? I guess fame depends on in which bubble you are. Um, if I told you that I once had the pleasure of training together with Braulio Estima, I guess you wouldn't say it's an it's a famous person. Yeah. But if you're into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what I was ah. until four years ago, um, he's he's a very very famous guy. Okay. Um, if I tell my parents that I had the, had the pleasure of talking to Marco Russo or Alberto Ferrari, they would say, "Hey, that's amazing! In which <laughs> yeah. Hollywood movie are they playing, or are acting?" Um, yeah. True. So, if if this is the kind of fame you're asking for, then this yeah. is, is these are the names I would give you. But awesome. No, no one else. No Mel Gibson or no. Tom Cruise. None of those things. Okay. 
And then one requirement for coming on on the Power Query Magic show is you need to leave two of your own articles, stroke blogs, um, your favourite and your most popular. So what are you going to leave us? I'll, I'll start with the most popular, but I can't give you a single answer. Okay. Uh, we were already talking about the Power Query Editor, and this was the single most read article on my blog ever. Right. Since we had this GDPR thing um, some time back, I, I lost oh. all my statistics for a while right. because I canceled uh, Google Analytics. But this thing was amazingly often yeah, clicked. Yeah. But since we have this editor in place, um, this is, of course, not the one that gets so many clicks anymore. And now it's my article about lists in Power Query, how, when and why that gets okay. 100, 150 clicks every single day, except weekends. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I used to write um, a series about how, when and why about lists, records and tables, because I wanted to let people know um, which data objects in Power Query are, are there and why you should use them. And honestly, I use it as, as my own documentation um, more often. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the list one gets clicked far more often than the other ones. Okay, well, we'll put links to all those in the show notes. And then your your favorite? My favorite is uh, a four-part series about the environment concept in M. Okay. Um, I wrote that together with my good friend Imke Feldmann. And um, the environment concept is something that other people would know from other languages, uh, which is called scope there. Or when you um, dealing with VBA, usually um, a variable can be used within the same script, but not can be called from another script, right? Yeah, yeah, you can declare it as a public variable, then that works. And that is the scope. When can you reference what? On and uh, in Power Query, it's the same thing. You can uh, reference a query from within another query, but only the, the output of that query. You can't query a single step within that query just by calling the name. It simply doesn't work. Yeah. Why doesn't that work? And why does the other stuff work? And that's the environment concept that introduces this. And it's a thing that's spread over the whole official Power Query documentation, this big PDF document that you can read. It's pretty technical. It's hard to understand yeah. for a business person. And why is that my favorite one? Because uh, I once visited Imke at her home and we, we did a weekend about Power Query and she showed me some stuff that worked and I simply did not understand why it worked. I saw it works, but I could not understand why. Right. And I went home and it took me three months to write these four articles. And okay. I, I went through this documentation and I, I called Imke and I said, I, I, th I think I know why it works. Oh, and then afterwards we found out, no, that wasn't the thing. And right. um, I, I started writing it down in a hopefully very good understandable way how this environment concept impacts the language and why you sometimes get very strange error messages that don't tell you anything, but their their cause, their root cause is this environment concept. And then finally, um, I'm going to strand you on a desert island. You're allowed one item to take with you. 
<laughs> could be practical, it could be luxury, but it must begin with M in honor of the M language. So yes. what are you going to take? Um, because I'm on a, on a single island, I'm, I go more with a practical thing than a luxury thing. Okay. And even though I was a bit surprised because I, I watched or listened to your two other episodes with Ken Pultz and, and Chris Webb, and Ken Pultz already said Michidi, um, yeah, I, I thought see. I can't do that on my own. But in contrast to Ken, I have my own. Lars is now holding up a machete. Okay. <laughs> it's yes. not something everybody has next to their mouse on their desktop, Lars. <laughs> and and you, you, okay, I have it next to my desktop because we're talking now. But um, people might ask, why, why do you have a machete at home? And um, I, I always have to smile when I see uh, Matthew Roach from the Power BI Cat team on Twitter because he's such a long sword fan yeah, and has all yeah. the swords in, in his back. And uh, when I was younger, I did a lot of martial arts, not only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but also German Jiu-Jitsu and uh, also Filipino martial arts. Okay. This is why I collected a couple of, um, is there a word, rattan, rattan sticks? Oh, yeah, yeah. In, in so. English? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, yeah, I have a couple of them and also a couple of machetes because we, we um, yeah. We were all fans of, of blades and, and knives, and yeah, Excellent. there are still a couple of them left. <laughs> and the good thing is my, my boys are not really interested in, in them, so they can stay yeah, here for yeah. a while. Keep, keep their fingers away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you're taking? Yes. Awesome. Good choice. And you've even got it. So I don't even have to give it to you or buy. So you're saving me money as well. Awesome. <laughs> so that wraps it up. Thank you very much, Lars, for coming on the show. Um, my pleasure it's pleasure it's been great um, I'll leave details to um, all the links and stuff we've discussed in the show notes uh, keep Thanks. sharing the magic and uh, I will speak to you again some point soon hopefully would be great all the best to you mm -hmm.